Hello, all you kings, queens, and those in between, and welcome to episode 3 of the Busted Limes podcast. I am your host, Paresh Maharaj, and today marks more firsts in our young show's life. The first first is that this is the first time that we will reveal that my co-host cousin's name is Black Belt. So going forward, that's what we're going to be calling him. The second first is that this is, this is our first episode with guests. I know, how exciting. For this episode, we sat down with a close friend of mine who chose to be called Unknown Rivers and some guy named Fredo who said he wanted to griff some clout or something, I don't really know. At any rate, for this episode, we decided to let our geek flags fly and just talk about conventions. We don't really follow an outline for this conversation, we just sort of let it flow. So this intro will be a little shorter than usual. So without further ado, prep your cosplay, book your hotel, and take a fucking shower. And let's start the show. All right, so I just have one ground rule. Under no circumstances are any of you going to desecrate the wholesome sanctity of this podcast, Fredo. Yeah, guys, watch your fucking language. <laughs> That's right, folks. Welcome to Clock Grifters, a podcast. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what? that. Uh, for the hey, hey, we specifically said in your contract, no hostile takeovers. I was... <laughs> Are we, are we doing are we doing plugs? I thought this we're was doing just, plugs. You know, I, I got several. I'm ready to sell out, baby. Here, I thought I was just taking over this podcast, bro. You know, for years I've looked for this a fat-free mayonnaise that didn't let me down in the taste department. <laughs> uh huh. Tell me more. <laughs> and now, finally, through the power of Miracle Whip. Oh Look. man. Oh. <laughs> This is it, guys. This is how we get banned from SoundCloud in only three episodes. <laughs> for, the, for the record, Miracle Whip, if you are listening, um, the, the others might not, but I am 100% ready to sell out. So, Great, great story. And uh, hey, folks, if uh, if your dicks aren't working, why don't you uh, subscribe to BlueChew.com and uh, get that sent right over to your door. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we want to get like the Fox News market, we need to start me- marketing like bedpans and like uh, oh mypillow.com for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Coin collections, you know. Uh, uh. I mean, at this point, if you want to get the Fox News demographic, just tell people to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going to be around for very long if you do that. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Coronavirus is a is a liberal hoax or a chi- a Chinese hoax. So that China can have like a better economy? Is that the I don't even understand the like conspiracy, but I I mean, listen, I was busy with finals. I missed the liberal meeting where we discussed the hoax of the week, so I don't actually know if <laughs> it's on us or not. Can somebody fill me in well, on that? Well, you know, I'm 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 canceled in most left circles right now, so you know I, I still get I still get the newsletter, but uh uh I'm I'm uh, I'm current I'm currently a uh, 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 permaband on uh you know uh I still have my Breitbart account though, so I got that going for me. <laughs> So, uh, so hey, folks. How, how are we doing? What the fuck were we supposed to talk about today? <laughs> Off to a great start. Yeah, but before all of that, um, so for this episode, we're actually going to be talking about in the age of coronavirus and social distancing, we're going to reminisce on all the fun times that we had at these little places called conventions. Now, right. assuming that the world is still the world uh, when, when you're hearing this um conventions were these places where people would gather and just either meet like-minded people and even meet voice actors and sometimes real actors not implying that voice actors aren't real actors he means like live action actors the long begotten days when we could actually socialize with one another <laughs> uh, ain't that the truth <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's preparation. I'm glad you could provide this context because I keep imagining just with how bad things are that somebody's going to stumble across this as like an audio log in a post-apocalyptic video game. <laughs> yeah, like Last of Us sequel where we have to use our podcast for side quests. <laughs> yeah, somebody's somebody's going to find like four four parts of this uh, this this podcast uh, like scattered scattered across like a giant waste dump, and they're they're going to slowly piece it together to figure out like what happened to each of us. You know how we how we. How we slowly had to eat black belt for for nourishment, and you know, um, then I, I then mean, the, let's uh, be real. If your plan for survival is to eat the skinniest member of the group first, you're not going to make. I it didn't very say far it was anyway. a good plan. Yeah, well, it is, but because we would come up with a bad plan, it would be a collapsed <laughs> society, so it would make sense that we would do the dumb thing. <laughs> I mean, we are doing uh, a podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I I, I specifically, you know, uh, uh, everyone on Twitter was just like, you know, hey. Uh, Hey, young straight men, uh, uh, I know this is hard, but absolutely uh, do not start a podcast. And, and here I am, once again, going against the grain. Dude, That's my right. mom saw that post and sent it to me in Parish, okay? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. nice to know that your family's being supporting. Family said, you guys better not be starting a fucking podcast. No, she said it just specifically because we were two episodes in. Uh, that rules, that rules. <laughs> so, uh, so, con stories, yeah. So yeah, um, I think the b- best way for us to start is just to go one at a time and just to talk about our history with conventions and just how what they mean to us. So I'll go first since I've clearly been doing the least amount of talking in this in this episode so far. Get used to it, buddy. Yeah, dude. Isn't this your thing? What the fuck? <laughs> All right. So I first started going to conventions at around 2012, and yeah, I've it's been like the highlight of my year every year and. Second only to my birthday. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> but yeah, it's I've been going since 2012, and I've only missed one year, and that's when I was studying for the dang bar. I, I that, that was a mistake. I, I still think you fucked up on that one, Parish. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, trust me. Um, Black Belt has a story that actually <laughs> proves you right. I, I just know it. Was it the year the like the, the like Spice Girls came to town, and they were just like you know um, Spice Girls timely reference, right? But, well. Uh, <laughs> They're still around, right? Well, actually, I guess not. I don't no, know. If you're going to mention they... the Spice Girls, let's just mention a bunch of other 90s shits. Whoever finds this in the post-apocalypse doesn't actually know what year this was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. That was at a Britney Spears concert. The Spice Girls, but now they're talking about Star Wars, but like the original trilogy. I can't, boy, I can't wait fun? for uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash to show up at the next I don't know why that's a, it's just such an odd confluence of like the mu- the the convention musical guest Crosby Stills and that. So boys, how about them Rolling Stones? I'm just imagining kind of like a small uh, time anime convention, and, and the, the the headliner is like you know like a, a, a Wendy Lee, and then and then Crosby Stills and Nash right after that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, 2012, mm-hmm. you started out. Yep. Well, how about you, Fredo? When did you? I, I understand you actually oh. don't go to much conventions, though, do you? Well, you know, um, on and off. So, so a, a fair bit further back, um, and and I think the the first the first few that I went to was back in the day, kind of before we had the the modern convention scene and and conventions it was it was mostly just like a big hall with a bunch of people selling like comics you know like 20 years ago 
Gotcha, gotcha. So so I checked out I checked out a few like way back then and and it was like fun but I didn't I didn't really get into like the scene because there wasn't as much of a scene at, at least the ones I was going to there wasn't the like party atmosphere and the and the socialization it was mostly like dudes that are like comic book guy from the Simpsons just rolling through all of these long boxes mm-hmm. in this giant vendor room uh trying to find books and you know you'd have conversations with people there was a little bit of cosplay but it, it was like pretty different from from how it is now or at least you know at least the ones uh we were going to so in terms of the modern you know getting getting into the sort of current scene it'd be pretty close to you like in the in the 2010s uh, maybe a, a little bit earlier, like in the in the late two thousands, um, two thousand yeah, two thousand five, six, seven stuff stuff like that. I started going a little more regularly in, into what I guess we would call like the the modern you know anime and comic book conventions, where there's like way more panels and events, and the hotels kind of set up rooms for it and have all the all the partying and drinks and and all the fun stuff that we kind of associate with it now. All right, cool and. How about you, uh, Unknown Rivers? What, what's your history with conventions? It's funny that you you mention, uh, uh, Paresh, that you, you started around uh, 2012 because I actually, the first time I ever cosplayed was, I think, the uh, the year that I first met you at a convention. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. So I had gone um, to a couple kind of like, um, I had always been interested in kind of like both, both like the the con scene and uh, and uh, uh, the the cosplay scene, and when I when I was first introduced to it, it was a little more you know kind of obscure than it is now. You know now now it's kind of this like like you know big you know national. You know my my grandmother knows what what cosplay and you know uh, she knows what Comic Con is and stuff like that. But you know back back then it was kind of just a you know when it's more just like a kind of a, a loose collection of nerds. I was a uh, I was really interested in that and you know being a. Uh, um, being some somewhat of a social outcast in in a uh, in my younger days, you know that that kind of atmosphere was really appealing to me. But yeah, I had I had gone to a couple small ones, um, you know, kind of around, uh, you know, uh, I think 20, 2010 or twenty eleven was, you know, really the first time I had ever gone to a convention. But uh, uh, the uh, the first time I ever I ever uh, you know nutted up and uh, actually put on a costume and uh, walked around that was. That was that was the year I that was the year I met you and actually met a met a lot of people that I'm I'm still uh you know everyone uh, uh well not everyone but a lot of people I know including some people in this chat you know I know uh because I uh, you know I went to that convention this year and you know started meeting people through that so um yeah I'm I'm you know I'm I don't want to say I'm a I'm a veteran you know I'm certainly still uh you know amateur when it comes to this kind of stuff because it is it is just a hobby for me you know i'm uh i'm i'm slowly transitioning into be being an instagram thought you know i i want to be a thirst <laughs> poster that's the eventual goal but uh, oh well, when can we expect an only fans yeah post hog funny bro. you should mention that you know so <laughs> at the end of this uh podcast you know if you want to spend five dollars a month you know i will uh i will i will dress up as your uh as your favorite character from samurai pizza cats and do uh, any number of uh what is that you're you're reminding me what what is that cosplay like soft porn site that's always at the conventions i i'm oh i mean there's several i'm trying to think some of them have booths there um yeah because there's 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 one specific one that like always has a like an 18 plus booth that you have to show your id to get into and it's like hidden behind a curtain or something, right? Yes, that's right. And it's, and it's like you know, nudie. Well, not. I'm, I mean, I don't want to like disparage because it's it's you know they they do like kind of boudoir type stuff 
of cosplay. I, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to like talk shit about people. So, I mean, Hey, if that's the thing you want to do that, that's totally cool. I have no, no issue I, I respect the hustle. Honestly, you know, if, if uh, all kidding aside, if I could, if I could, if I could make money, just, just selling photos of myself dressed up as a, uh, dressed up as, you know, squall eating a piece of cake or, yeah. you know, uh, something like that. I, ab- I absolutely would. But that, that being said, it's never going to like not be funny to me. Like the idea of Naruto porn or whatever will never not be a little bit funny. I mean, I'm sorry, but damn shadow clones. <laughs> Jesus. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what the most what what the uh, what the most ridiculous like like cosplay fetish video would be. I'm just trying to think of like oh let's not go. That's a very dark rabbit hole to go down. Hey, Dude, speaking of, speaking of dark rabbit, have you guys have you guys watched uh, B Stars yet? Because that's got some pretty oh boy, you know what? Dude, I have heard things. I have heard yeah. things about B Stars. I mean, from what I've heard, it's basically it's it's basically a Zootopia with more hardcore in it. So I, I don't know how I'm how I'm if I'm mentally prepared for that. It, it's Zootopia that I knows am. its target audience is adult furries. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. And and before before I sidetrack us too much, let's. <laughs> what did this podcast get sidetracked? God no! <laughs> it's like seven hours later. We've told one story. Yeah, we've told, and we've just told one about story. We've just, we've just talked about to talk about various kinds of furry porn for fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, so I think I'm the last one to go. So yeah, oh yeah. So I went to my first con, actually with Parish. Um. In case this hasn't been properly conveyed by this point, um, Parish is my older cousin. So, yeah, I was, my brothers and I got interested in conventions just from seeing, like, all of his con photos. And just, you know, seeing all these fucking nerds dressed as anime and video game characters and thinking, these are my people. This is where I need to be. So, yeah, this, this would have been in, like, 2014 was the first time. 2014, I yep. Yeah, 2014 was the first time I went to a con. I kind of just dived straight in. The first year I went to a con, I also actually cosplayed that weekend. And, yeah, I got suckered in, like, a two-year-old trying cocaine for the first time, and I've been going back ever since. <laughs> what neighborhood did you grow up in? Damn. Well, I don't want to get doxxed. I'll just say that I had to walk through a golf course to get to my um, bus stop when I was a kid and leave it at that. Oh, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there has only been one year that I have not gone to that con since I started going, and that was the summer I gradu after I graduated from high school. There was a whole that was a whole thing, but uh, yeah, no, I did also end up going the one year that Parish didn't go. And when I get to that story, it won't be the first one I tell. But when I get to that story, you'll understand why he so regrets not going that year. I'm actually, I'm excited to hear that. Yeah. I'm, no, and actually, if we're going to talk about stories, um, Parish, you know exactly what story I'm going to start with, right? Uh, yes, exactly. You know, <laughs> it's from um, your first convention, actually. Yep, so. Yes, this is a story from my first convention in 2014. This is a story that we have retold to ourselves and to other people every opportunity we get since then. Um, normally, when we bring it up in conversation among ourselves, we simply refer to it as the Troy Baker story. Uh-huh. Um. And Troy Baker, um, he has a small role to play in this story, but my God, was it formative for my young con-goer self. So- and we, we should probably, um, I, I mean, I don't, the audience probably knows oh, yeah. who, like, Troy Baker, prolific voice actor, has done a yeah. lot of video game voice work. Uh, yeah. If you've ever played a video game, you've heard his voice. Yeah, he's he's like the, I think I think he took over Joker for Mark Hamill. In yeah, the, yes, he did. Yeah, one yeah. Of his I mean, he's done everything. Take, yeah, he so he can literally say, I'm the Joker, baby. 
Yeah, uh, well, except he would do the, hold on, let me see if I could do that, like, um, I'm the Joker, baby! Like, something more like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm the Joker. We live in a society! <laughs> what do you say to that, Betsy? <laughs> Why didn't you call me back when they remade Tales of Symphonia, baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah so to paint the picture for you um we were at the um entrance to the autograph area um and so me and my other brothers we were um waiting outside parish had gone in to get autographs from some other voice actors there who um well it was the cast of the animaniacs and the animaniacs show was a little bit before my brothers in our time so we just decided mm -hmm. to let parish go handle that and while we were just sitting outside waiting you know this was like right around when the first 3ds pokemon games had come out so we were like you know doing street pass and all that shit and i see this guy walk in front of me this um guy kind of long hair and i didn't totally see his face because he was like drinking something as he was walking by pretty quickly and as i see him walk past me and walk into the autograph area i watch him go and i say uh-huh that guy kind of looks like troy baker and my brother, of course, looks at me like I'm a fucking idiot. And he says, you idiot, that was Troy Baker. And I do double like, wait, what? Shit, oh my god. That Troy Baker literally walked, like, social distancing distance right in front of me into the autograph area. And I just kind of look past, like, oh, huh, Clark Kent kind of looks like Superman. How about that? <laughs> yeah, well, no, you I, didn't want to interrupt him drinking, you know, whatever delicious... Yeah, uh... yeah, I mean, of course, he definitely looked like he was in a hurry and... For context, the reason why I didn't immediately recognize him is because I had only seen him, like, in his publicity photos in the pamphlet. And he had yeah, longer hair in real life at that point than he did in the photo. So, and again, he was drinking. I don't think I really saw his full face, but I mean, obviously I saw enough to think, oh, hey, I think that's Troy Baker. Yeah, but, well, and I guess I guess if you would have gone up to him, maybe you would have seemed like a mark or whatever. Like, yeah, they, but, you know, they probably get harassed all the yeah, time. So, so. so the funny thing about that is literally less than 30 minutes later, as all four of us and now, Parish should come back and we had told him the story. As we were walking past, we saw another guy walk past us and we thought, oh, hey, that guy looks a lot like Bryce Pappenbrook. Wait, that is Bryce Pappenbrook. <laughs> and we actually, we actually did get to talk to him briefly for a little bit, but he was in a hurry because he had to go to an autograph thing and we were trying to get to another panel but sure, we did sure. briefly wave and talk to him so that did kind of reassure me a little bit it was like okay if i had like tried to talk to troy baker maybe i would have gotten like a wave or like a head nod out of respect or something yeah you would have gotten maybe like a 10 second interaction that was five years ago and i'm still waiting for the day where i can go to a con and see him again like my goal is to like finally get closure on the story is to tell the troy baker story to troy baker and hopefully not sound like a fucking maniac <laughs> I saw you five years ago. <laughs> you had longer hair then. You were drinking something. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the fact that I was like 15 when that story happened will like, you know, make up for the fact that I displayed no social interaction skills in that story. But like, honestly, I think you did the right thing in that scenario. Oh, yeah, no, in hindsight, I totally know that I did. Yeah, but, I would definitely feel weird, like, if I recognized an actor or something, just going up to him and marking out, especially because, you know, I know they're there to, to do events and panels oh, and stuff, yeah. and, yeah. Uh, BB, uh, to, to kind of pony off that story, I also have a kind of, like, a random uh, celebrity run-in, if you want me to Ooh. jump right oh, into sure. that. Yeah, go right so, ahead. Um, uh, this, was, this was at one of the... Uh, you know, um, this was at one of those those kind of like larger conventions. You know, you know, you, there, there's obviously for for those who aren't into like the, uh, the the con scene, there's usually like, you know, I think about three or four 
big conventions across the U.S. You know, you have the various uh, comic cons. You have uh, uh, the San Diego one, the New York one, and there's a few other kind of like like big headliner ones. This was yeah, this yeah. was this was one of those. Um, but uh, I, so I was I was doing the same thing. I was kind of just uh, just rolling around, kind of the celebrity panel, you know, seeing uh, seeing whose autographs I could add to my uh, to my wall of, of nerdiness. And uh, I was there with, uh, with with two other friends at the time, and we had to go uh, we had to go pick somebody up. So where we were. Uh, we were riding an elevator, and it it uh, it, get, it was kind of cramped. There were about ten of us in there, and uh, sit, standing next to me was kind of this uh, this older uh, this older Asian gentleman. And you know, um, it, this was a huge hotel, so we're talking about seventy floors. So I'm just you know, I'm just kind of killing time, you know, kind of while uh, while waiting there. And I uh, I talked to him, be like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, you you enjoy you know you enjoying the convention so far? And he's just like, oh yes, you know, I. I just love seeing cool. different, different kinds. Of Gee, things. I wonder. I wonder who that guy. Yeah, no, no. And then, so we get about. You know, I keep talking to him because when I looked at him, I was like, "Oh, he kind of, he kind of looks like George Takei, but he looks like an old man." So you know, what, I'll just the worst case scenario, I'll just talk to him, and and you know, worst the worst case scenario is I just have a nice conversation with a with a lovely uh, old man. But then, yeah, about um uh. About thirty floors up, this guy next. Uh, you know, I'm just chit chatting about nothing, and this uh, f- this uh, guy holding like a like a, a a nice photography camera just just turns and looks at us and just goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and and uh, you know, at, at that point, you know, he and everybody else in the elevator realized that was a uh, that was George Takei, uh, who was who was riding oh, up in the nice. elevator with us. Yeah, so I, I rode uh, all the way up up with him to his room. Super nice guy, by the way. Like I said, we I, I was lucky in that I got you know uh, before he got swamped by everybody else in the elevator. I got a good uh, two minutes of just casual conversation with him and just just really really nice, really uh, uh you know down to earth kind of guy. At least you know from from the two minutes I had interaction with him. So. You know, I, I had always heard, I mean, this is, of course, anecdotal, but I, I had always heard he's, like, really cool and, and happy to yeah. be there, you know, as as, yeah. as part of the scene. He's not one of those, because there are some celebrities that are, like, begrudgingly, like, oh, I guess yeah. I'll go meet these, like, dumb marks or whatever. But Like Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and well, because he's, I guess he's come from kind of more, you know, like, like now, like I said, you know, kind of like voice actors, even they have their own, like, you know, group of, of super fans and, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, things like video games and anime are much more mainstream than they used to be, but, you know, sure. uh, you know, Takai, he comes, you know, first off, he's a very prolific actor, you know, he's been in, he's been in tons of stuff outside of Star Trek, but that's obviously what most people know him from, but, you know, he probably never really got this kind of attention until, you know, you know, until like a generation oh, yeah. or two had time to grow. Oh, Absolutely. Up really appreciate yeah, oh, it. let's oh, not yeah, get into sure. <laughs> pure pure flicks leading man kevin sorbo oh. <laughs> no, that'll be for the next episode he he's he's who i'm waiting to run up to when you know when i go to like christ con or whatever or the uh, the pure flicks convention for for saved souls yeah sorbo's gonna be the guy outside with the megaphone <laughs> screaming about salvation at, at every con <laughs> It's going to be a big milestone when the protester with the sign actually has his own booth and panel at the con. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's that's what the convention's for, so that they can go to other conventions. I actually, I actually got in trouble once for um, in costume harassing one of those, uh, one of those uh, uh, street street preacher. You're going to hell, salvation guys. Really? What what happened? Uh, full disclosure: the, I, I was dressed as Deadpool doing this. But this was this was before he kind of became a meme, and you know, kind of just. 
became one of the worst things yeah, ever. Whatever you say, buddy. You know, you know, look, look. All right. It's like before it became a meme in 2019. <laughs> so there there I was at the uh, the the 2020 uh, San Diego Comic-Con, baby. The go- no, um <laughs> this 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 was uh, way back in the day. So I was dressed up and frankly, I would like to point out I was dressed up as the uh, I was in the Deadpool uh yellow costume which not many people wear so uh not many people uh, wear that when he tried to join the x-men so that was me sh- so you were a special deadpool oh yeah absolutely well i was special i wasn't one of those be like you know like i'm deadpool but in a dress or like i'm deadpool but i'm you know covered in rubber chickens or any any of that any of yeah. that crap but um so there there was a typical like there were like i don't know a six or seven of those guys and they were just you know they they were shouting those you know usual you know like uh you know the the, the devil only likes plaid shorts and you know that kind of thing so um uh, i was just i was just getting in character so i um what is it i started reciting uh i started reciting the uh the monologue that uh, uh sam jackson gives at the at the beginning of pulp fiction and you will know my name is the lord and uh they they didn't they didn't like that very much and and one of them actually uh uh went and complained because i i went on just saying whatever popped into my head for about five minutes and one of them eventually went and got one of the uh the officers and i was i was asked politely to leave which uh which i did because because i have the heart of a coward and uh, I didn't. Yeah. I, that wasn't the outfit I wanted to go to jail in. Hey, I'll be real. That's probably the best use of a Deadpool outfit since the Ryan Reynolds movies. So <laughs> I, mean. I, I mean, you know, it, it's definitely a really good microcosm for the real world that the people who actually cause trouble get the police protection and and nobody stops them. But then anyone that stands up against them is like immediately cut down and <laughs> brought into custody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, because yeah. they, well, they had, they had, they filled out the forms, Fredo. They filled out the forms to, to, <laughs> yeah. You see, the problem there is also that cop was a DC fan. So, like, if you had been dressed as Deathstroke, it probably would have been fine. <laughs> he sh- shows up, <laughs> shows up as like Lobo. If I had been dressed up as the Homelander, he wouldn't have had a problem with me. You know, so. Speaking of superheroes, um, I'll because I am a master of segues and continuing conversations. Um, this most recent year at um the local con that we all frequent, um, I think this is this was probably like one of the top. Well, I was about to say top ten years, but I haven't gone to cons for top ten years. But when I fit into enough cons, I have top ten. This will be the top ten. Um, they had the cast of two of probably the most popular shonen anime right now. Um, well, ever is My Hero Academia, probably one of the most popular shonen right now, and probably one of the most popular shonen ever, Dragon Ball Z. And that was really fun because, um, I mean, it's first of all, it's fucking Dragon Ball Z. It's Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And so, I mean, and it's like kind of to go back to your point, um, Rivers, that you made earlier about Takei and how we were talking about how a lot of these people, you know, like how they're only really experiencing this huge surge of like fandom support and popularity now as cons become a thing. You know, like the Dragon Ball Z cast, like Dragon Ball Z, the English dub at least has been around since the 90s, but it really took a while to take, took a few years to take off. And even now it's kind of amazing that it's like retained enough popularity now to this day, even discounting, you know, super being a thing. And like that one thing that really stuck out to me that they talked about during their Q and a panel is that most of them weren't able to do voice work full time until within the last few years, which is something you hear a lot from voice actors. 
Now, is, is that just because they were associated so strongly with those characters? Or just because they were so busy doing those shows? No, just like voice acting wasn't putting enough money on the table that that could be their full-time oh, job. Oh, I see. Like, okay, I like Sean Schemmel, the voice of Goku, like, aside from voice acting in general, he was, you know, a French horn music tutor. And then, like, um, Chris Sabat, like, his real full-time job is doing vi- voice production at Funimation. And, like sort of a segue from that like i listen i constantly go down the voice acting rabbit hole listening to all these like you know interviews and stuff and one thing um voice actor liam o'brien um who most people know now from critical role but like most of the people in this voice chat probably know him as the voice of gara in naruto or as illidan in um world of warcraft oh all right his main voice acting stuff now, like, he's never been able to do acting full-time, whether it's on stage or in voice acting. Like, he's also a voice director, like, ADR stuff, and that's, like, aside from Critical Role, that was his main bread and butter. So it's just kind of interesting to me that you see these people who, like, for us, like, their voices were, like, the background of our childhood, and then we get to meet them, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, this was basically a side hustle for the last 15 years because it wasn't paying the bills. Yeah, you know, that does make a lot of sense because I, I do remember reading about this a lot when I was younger in, in the 90s and stuff when anime yeah. was a little bit more niche. And they would talk about how, like, you know, in Japan, there's this whole industry of, of seinen and, you know, they're all like yeah. big stars and stuff. Whereas in the U.S., yeah, it. I mean, I, I guess that absolutely makes sense that up until very recently, it was just yeah. a thing that you did on the side. Um, yeah, it was such a niche thing. And it was kind of for a niche audience back then. Because, you know, I thought about like the early, you know, my early exposures, you know, to anime was like, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I had seen Akira, but then, you know, like occasionally the, the sci-fi channel would play, you know, an anime movie. Yeah, the Galaxy Express or something or yeah. Yeah, it would usually, you know, it was, you know, um, you know, since it wasn't really drawing in any money and, and stuff like that, yeah. you didn't really have, you know. You know, I, and no disrespect to the the actors and actresses who were working on them, but you know they were they were kind of more um, obscure, uh, you know, C or C or D listers. So you wouldn't get you know quite the the level of performances that you get now. So sure, sure. Yeah, I mean that that's that's also true. I mean, not not to throw shade on any of those performances, but I think a lot of those people, you know, back in the day were less professional. It wasn't their full-time job, so they they didn't go into it as well as, as some of the folks now. And I can't help but wonder, it's rabbit hole number 5 here. I kind of feel like maybe video games played a a part in this, that the sort of people becoming prolific through video game voice acting, Nolan North and Troy Baker and these types becoming big stars through that maybe had, well, I don't know how much it had to do or if it's just coincidental that that industry kind of blew up alongside anime getting bigger, but it does seem like the U.S. is in a place where we do have these people like Troy Baker that are big stars because of voice acting. Funny that, uh, you mentioned the video game uh, voice actors. We are so <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm trying. I'm trying to get the train back on the station. Oh, yeah, rain it, rain it back. Yeah, this ties into yes. this ties into adaptation as well too. So we're we're hitting both things here because I was at a convention. I was um, talking to uh, Lori Allen, who um, I know best as the the voice actress for uh, the boss in Metal Gear Solid. 2. Oh yes, absolutely. She oh, yeah. had that great, great performance. Yeah. If you know um, the most mainstream, you know, she's been in a couple Pixar productions now too at this point. So she's really blown up. And the role she's probably most known for by most people is uh, is Diane Simmons on Family Guy, the uh, the female news anchor. 
Right. Oh, right. wow. I had no idea that was the same actor. Yeah, yeah. She's, I mean, mm-hmm. she's obviously got quite a range and, you know, but I was talking with her, you know, because she really, you know, I think she was one of the most inspiring performances. Uh, Fredo, you've played that game, so you... Oh, absolutely. And she was she was absolutely terrific in it. I mean, really awesome job. So, yeah, I was talking to her about how much she inspired me in that game because, you know, I've done some... Uh, I've done some acting on the side myself, you know, nothing, nothing noteworthy, but it is, it is a side passion I have of mine. So I was talking about how much she inspired me and she said, you know, basically she had never even considered doing a video game until she read the script for MGS3 and just, just ah, loved the boss character so much. And just, again, another really sweet, heartfelt, you know, it really meant a lot to her. Like, you know, she came around the, the, the booth and gave me a hug after I told her that she was such an inspiration to me. So, you know, for a lot of, a lot of these actors and actresses you get to meet, it really is about passion for them, you know, cause she doesn't ha- she, I think she does now. I think she's finally at a point where, acting is her full-time job but at the mm. point when i met her because this was this was several years ago you know she still had a day job uh, i don't remember what it was because this was a long time ago but she was not a a full-time actress at that point you know which is crazy to think because like i said now she's been in pixar films you know she had a pr- you know she wasn't a main character on family guy but she was you know a recurring character Sure. Well, it's absolutely wild that somebody who's not even not even an actor as their primary job put on such an awesome performance. Yeah, no, she it was, you know, well, I think Metal Gear 2 is one of those things where they go out of their way to get really good voice performances from everybody, you know, because Kojima wishes he was a, a movie director. That's yeah, he really does. Yeah. But Metal Gear was one of those first games that said, we're going to, you know, we're going to really put in a lot of work on our voice actors because you know david hater is fantastic or excuse me david hater is fantastic a yeah. snake you never know. never forgiven for replacing him kojima oh i love you God. Uh, i mean <laughs> that was that was really late <laughs> I, so yeah. I have at this point speaking of cons i have met um I, my goal is to meet the entire cast of the metal gear universe because i've I've uh, met David Hader at a con, who's also another fantastic guy. Uh, I actually, the convention I was going to, it was a really, really small one. I don't even know how they got him. Uh, I was dressed as uh, Naked Snake, because I wanted to meet David Hader dressed as Naked Snake. That was... that. Um, disclaimer for anybody not familiar with Metal Gear Solid, that does not mean that Rivers was naked. Yeah, it was It was the version of Snake from Metal Gear uh, Solid 3. It was, the naked refers to uh, he didn't have any weapons or equipment. He had to procure them all on site. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But I was also naked because I took it to the next level. Sure. Uh, and that's what it does. That's why I was running because con security was, was chasing me. <laughs> Once again, like Fredo mentioned, you know, the, the, the little guy just getting stepped on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ouch. But no, I was literally running through the convention hall dressed as Snake because uh, I, had, I had personal problems that prevented me from getting there earlier. And the convention hall was about to close. And I got to his booth and he wasn't there. And I was I was damn near tears because I was just I had spent so much time on this costume and he was the only reason I had bought a ticket to this stupid thing. And then out of nowhere, out of out of out of seemingly nothing, David Hader appeared and he said, I'm right here. And, you know, kept you waiting, huh? Uh, I was just I was like, I pictured, pictured him popping up behind y'all. I kept you waiting. <laughs> Since it was closing down and there was no one there, he just spent probably a good 
five to 10 minutes talking to me. Again, another really great guy. Uh, wow, awesome. The first two X-Men films, he wrote them. Yeah, yeah, he's done a fair amount because I, I've, I've heard him on a few podcasts and stuff and I was surprised to learn, like a lot of people, that he's a screenwriter and like a fairly prolific one at that. He's done a, a fair amount of movies, including those two. And he's done some yeah. stuff more recently. I mean, obviously I, I don't have it in front of me because I wasn't expecting us to have this conversation. Uh, oh, yeah. but, but heck of a career outside of voice acting, which for him, I think, always remained a side gig other than metal. I, I know he did some work on Republic. I don't know if anybody played that. It was, it was a pretty neat game. I think it's one of my favorite things about meeting people at cons is like, I only know them for one or two things, but then, you know, when you, you're in line to meet them or like they do like a roll call or whatever, they have a list of all the things that they've been in. And it's so fun to look at that list and be like, Oh, I didn't know they were in that. Or, Oh, wow. I didn't realize that they played that character that I also like. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like when we went to see, um, Geez, who the who was it? Monica Rial when we oh, saw yes, her yes, last yes, year. Oh, I mean, and she yeah. she's one of those people that's done like a ton, yeah, right? She's done, yeah, and like I knew obviously she's an extremely prolific, not just an actress but also ADR like voice directing stuff. But like just looking down that list, like she had a poster that was fucking taller than I was, just full of thumbnails of all the characters she's played, and I was like, wow. Yeah, she's she's like, definitely a, a yeah. heavy hitter in the concept. Yeah. And she has range though. That's the thing. Like a lot of these voice actors, like obviously you have some actors who like they have one or two voices they do and they do them really well. But like Monica Rial is one of those actors who she just has tremendous range throughout all of these roles. And is she is she most famous for, for does she do Lena from Slayers? Is that, that's her, right? I do not know. I believe so. I'll admit that the roles she does that I'm most familiar with are Bulma in Dragon Ball and Froppy in My Hero. Okay, okay. So I'm kind of a basic bitch when it comes to what I know most voice no, actors. No, I, I don't. I don't know that many of them either. I mean, I think that's the point: is that a lot of these actors, like right. you know, you might go in knowing them from one or two things, but a lot of exactly. them. And I know she's a big one because every time I see her, like in the listing for for a con, yeah. it, her credits fill up like a page. It's just so yeah. much stuff she's been. I, I think my in. favorite example of a voice actor having roles that like don't seem to fit together well is, and another person we met. Um, last year at the local con we go to is the cast of Super Mario was there, so they had. Um, Charles Martinet was there. I was oh, cool. say that, damn it. Yeah, yeah, and he pl so he plays Mario, Luigi, Wario, and Waluigi. Hell yes! So I completely forgot until we got to meet him, and we were seeing like all the little like <laughs> posters and something he was selling and signing. He also plays Parthenax in Skyrim. That's my favorite. I love. Yeah, it. I that is that's awesome. I I had yeah. heard that before too, and that's that is great. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, Black Belt, Black Belt. Uh, tell yeah. him about how the. He was also there with Bowser and Princess Peach and Toad, but uh, it, it explain to them how the ta how the tables were set up. So basically, what happened was the setup is so in the um, autograph line with all the booths lined up. So you had um, Princess Peach, you had Princess Peach, then you had Bowser, and then you had Mario. They literally put Bowser in between Peach and Mario in the autograph line. Of course, how could and you not? <laughs> and when we were in line um to meet Charles Martinet, we kind of joked with him about that. He like he was like kind of snacking while he was talking to people because it was like the middle of the day. So like since he couldn't like talk to respond, he like angrily shook his fist at um Bowser's voice actor and like threatened him with like a bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Yeah. And like then we were in line to meet um 
Bowser's voice actor, and he was trying to get, like, the little, like, credit card reader thing to work on his phone. And, like, he made some joke about, like, the machines are coming against technology or something, and I was like, hey, man, I work in IT, we're already there. And then he just pointed me very dramatically and said, so this is your fault! (laughs) Yeah, and I I should mention that while he was trying to get the thing to work, he was making Bowser noises in irritation as he was trying to get it to work. He was always like... Trying to get his phone to work. I do love, and you know that does feel like a thing that's popped up more recently. Is that the when actors go to these cons now, they lean into it. They do all the bits. Oh yeah, like they keep people going. It's great. Uh, and and so I have a few like older friends that have been in like the the ancient con, you know, going to oh, the yeah. conventions in the eighties and stuff. And it feels like at least the stories I hear from them is that that wasn't always the case. That you would get I don't know Gil Gerard or some one of these guys that did these old sci fi shows, and they were very like almost like ashamed to be there (laughs) acting like oh well you know i i was also in this shakespeare play or or whatever that that classic actor stereotype of uh and who's um now i'm trying to remember the 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 actor that played obi-wan in star wars the original one Oh, no, 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 Alan in the original, Al, Alan, yeah, Alan uh, yeah. And, and he always hated that he was like most famous for that because he was this classically trained actor and he considered yeah. it to be this shameful, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, whatever. And, and that attitude seems to have really gone by the wayside in the last 30, 40 years of, hey, yeah. you know, if you do a thing that people dig, you want to make those people happy. And I'm, I'm so glad to see that because that old con scene where everybody hated the fact that they were there and like, yeah, and reduced to like, it just sounds really depressing. <laughs> Yeah. And plus, a lot of these people who are cons now are people who, like, actually worked, like, specifically to become voice actors or work in these kinds of stuff, like, ProZD. Oh, that's um, a good point. Fun yeah, one show who's been at um, the local con a few years in a row now. Um, for anyone unfamiliar with his body of work, you can look him up, ProZD, on YouTube. Um, he's a great voice actor, great comedian on YouTube, and I mean, it's like, you know, his goal was to become a voice actor, so of course he completely embraces all of the fans and everything although it is funny when we were talking to him he doesn't mention that because he's made so many videos like a lot of times people will like call out like references his videos or stuff to him and he doesn't remember what they're referencing because he's done so much absolutely i'm sure that's the case with a lot of those people yeah it's it's interesting that you bring that up because i mean how many times you know the old joke was you'd see you know some piece of media where whether you know this is in the the 80s or 90s where some character would be going to some kind of comic convention. You know, it would it would be populated, you know, completely by you know, the the stereotypical, you know, overweight comic book guy. Type. Yeah. And you know, yeah, you'd have two or three celebrities that clearly just you know resented the fan base and and yeah, yeah, hate, hated that you never made it big as a big time movie actor or whatever, and that this is the best you did. I think that's why you know when I was younger, uh, I was hesitant to to go to things like that because i was already such an outcast and, and already perceived as such a nerd yeah. you know that would that would have been the last straw where where it was like okay well now now that now he's now he's amongst the fellow geeks it's over and done but it's really yeah. kind of transformed in i'd say the last 15 years or so you know now now everybody yeah. wants to go to these and it's 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 chic oh yeah interesting and well and, yeah, and like i'll say i was kind of not totally opposite to you but like 
I was a little bit of an outcast in high school, but it was also very much voluntary. Like, I was trying to become as nerdy as possible. Like, I'm not oh, even yes. joking. I would go over to the table where kids play Dungeons and Dragons and ask them if I could join in, and they'd have to be like, oh, well, you know, we already have, like, six players, and you can't really join in halfway through. It's like, okay, yeah, cool, if you're starting a new campaign or anything, let me know, because I really want to learn how to play, and that sounds really fun. And, like, I'd see these conventions, and I'd be like, wait, so, like, none of the cool people are here? Fuck yeah, sign me up! Well, it is it is cool that that stuff has really come a long way. So I should uh, I should clarify not to dox ourselves here, uh, oh, but yeah. myself and Rivers are a fair a fair bit older than Black Belt. We're like 10, 15 oh. years older than you. So oh yeah, the, no, like I'm I'm the youngest person in this room. He wasn't there for the dark times. Well, and and I don't I don't mean it like that because to me, like honestly, yeah, no. I, I'm not sitting here like well we had to suffer the slings and arrows of being yeah, nerds or, or whatever you know dumb old guy shit. Yeah, no. I'm saying it because like to me it it does warm my heart and it's it's great that all of this stuff became normal and cool. Yeah, yeah, it is heartwarming to see that all of these things that you know I kind of had to keep under a lid because I didn't I didn't want to be uh uh you know, poked fun at any more than I already. Oh, absolutely. Like if, if you yeah. talked about being into D and D in school in the mid nineties or, you know, it was, it was a death sentence. I mean, it was, it was wild. And that, that is a really good point about the convention scene is that it's definitely, and like an opportunity to even make connections. It's, it feels yeah. a lot more kind of subjectively yeah. cool. People don't look at it as this kind of desperate nerd thing, but it's as this yeah. fun thing to kind of unwind that even, even the, you know, the quote normies see right. the, yeah. uh, the, the coolness of it. Yeah. And Parish, I'm sure Parish has a lot of stories about that too. Yeah, absolutely. Like Parish. Yeah. We've been talking over you. Why don't you, yeah, I didn't want to come off as like a dick, but I'm just. I like, should also clarify that like part of the reason why I am such a nerd is because Parish is my older cousin, so a lot of the things I really enjoy now, I was kind of exposed to, or at least encouraged to get into that through him. So I mean, I'm sure you have plenty of stories that I wasn't there for since you. Yeah, been... Parish, drop some story bombs on us, bro. <laughs> yeah, I've been patiently waiting, so I actually have. <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your mistake, Parish. You're too rude to interrupt. Yeah, you shouldn't have had us on the show if that's what you. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This isn't a fucking like courtroom, Parish. Be angry. This is a Hollywood courtroom. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I actually have a um, couple stories that, and just to, just for the sake of variety, I'm gonna I'm gonna. These are ones that uh, Black Belt wasn't here for. All right, so, yeah, let's yeah. hear. And then I'll follow up with the one that he wasn't there for to make him jealous. Hell yeah. So um, at my very first convention that I went to, um, it's funny that we were mentioned. We were just talking about um, character uh, voice actors who are known for like one character because I actually ended my first convention meeting the voice of Glados from Portal. Oh, very awesome. cool! Yeah, yeah. Oh. Ellen, her name is Ellen McLean, but us cultured right. individuals know her as the voice of the computer from Pacific Rim. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and was was she one of those people? It, it, was she a voice actress before that, or did she just kind of? Because I I think I remember hearing a story that she kind of stumbled into it. She was a singer before this. A gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And she, of course, since she was doing a convention, she she gives like a small sample because she is an operatic singer, and she demonstrated that like very briefly at her Q and A that I was at. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah that is really yeah. cool. Because uh, I know I, she did do the Still Alive song, but yeah. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah, she did the end credit song for I think both games. Which she yeah. actually this is I was at her Q and A, and she actually said that she likes uh, Portal One better than Portal Two. Ooh, I don't know about that, brother. Person, personal taste, woman of culture. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of <laughs> woman of culture, um, she was. I'm wondering how she's doing during this whole social distancing thing because she made it a point to. <laughs> 
point out that um well let me put it this she's a hugger no. Like, ah. she's a very strong hugger so and she even it even it was even brought up at one point during the panel that she was like uh, did you know that in order to stay healthy you need at least 12 hugs a day and oh, um no i am way behind please <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're not doing so well yeah we really are but um the for the last uh, it was me and two other people left in line so um and okay so this is just playing off of a uh, joke that she said earlier that she said she would quote do anything for a dollar oh no <laughs> and um person two uh spots in front of me in line said um hey i got a dollar can i have a hug and she was just like you know what the three of you just come up here and get your hug <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah well one by one we just went up on stage and gave us a, gave her a hug and i actually have a picture of when i went up and hugged her oh but yeah Aww. but yeah i still had a question just a little bit of backstory. She was there not only to sign autographs and stuff, but she was also promoting her husband's book, which was called, and I still remember it to this day, uh, Dancing with Eternity. I will point out quickly that her husband is also a voice actor, um, well-known for playing, I believe, uh, Saxon Hale in uh, Team Fortress 2. Oh, excellent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I love him already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She also plays the announcer in Team Fortress 2. That's that right. is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue with your story. I just enjoy being a living IMDb page. <laughs> so, yeah, when I got up to the microphone to say my answer, or to say my question, rather, um, I asked her, you've been here promoting your husband's book all this time. Um, are you any, at all interested in maybe recording an audiobook for it? And man, I did not expect this to happen, but the crowd actually applauded at that. Nice. <laughs> and, she, and she... So you, you became the celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> And I and I've been coasting off that ever since <laughs> signing autographs. Dude, I deliberately left the hotel after she after that happened because I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna end it there, you know? <laughs> but yeah, end it on a high note. You exactly. can't exactly so um but she actually answered, she just she said that there will be an audiobook, but I haven't actually looked it up to see if she actually went through with it. But whatever. I can't believe you didn't follow through on that, you fake gamer girl. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hashtag hashtag fake gamer yeah, boy. You can't see it right now, but I am currently trying to devour my controller. <laughs> uh, your controller is not plugged in. See it happen, but I'm afraid we're going to have to cancel you. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> sorry, bud. Everybody, yeah. uh, cancel Parish on uh, on Twitter. What's your? Uh, okay, what's so my Twitter, Twitter my Twitter name is actually at uh, noblekind92. Yeah, yeah. I was going to call you out for self promotion, but I remember this is your podcast. So so. Un unfollow at Noblekind. Follow follow him and then unfollow him to prove it. I am removing the Spotify app from my phone as soon as the call is over, and I'm, I'm downloading Twitter and creating an account. So. <laughs> I will be I will be registering my complaint with the Podcasters Council in perpetuity. <laughs> no, I will be forming a Podcasters Council that you can send your complaints to. Ooh. Right, but we we all have to wear we all have to wear hooded cloaks and we have to stand twenty feet above everyone else. Yeah, and, and have like giant obnoxious like medallions around our neck. But <laughs> <laughs> have like uh, uh, the the audiophile icon in gold embossed onto them. I don't know, guys. This sounds like our next group cosplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody's gonna steal this idea and go to a con as the the council of podcast elders. And actually, do have another story that has like a. A bit of a, another heartwarming ending was a uh, hey, drop it. Oh, hit me! Uh, Black belt, you were here for this, but uh, I don't. I don't know if you remember the exact details. Yeah. But uh, so we were in the gaming room at a at a certain con, and there was an area where you could play rock band on stage. I, I know what you're yep, about you to go, tell. Yeah. We go. There was a guy up there in 
a, okay. in a Joker cosplay, funny enough, Fredo. <laughs> yeah, Joker baby. <laughs> and um, he's up there. The song that he picked Joker was uh, Before I Forget by Slipknot. <laughs> The most joker song of all time yeah. <laughs> right and so he's up there and he is he's not just standing there at the mic and just swaying to the music he is full-on rocking the fuck out and like when he got to the course he would like hold the mic out to like the people crowded around to sing along with him he was like head banging and like carrying the mic stand around with him he was into it like he's putting on performance yes. and um and then during the instrumental break because i was the one who was most energetic in the crowd he actually called me up onto the stage to do the bridge and so we did that together, and turns out he's the lead singer of a local band. Oh, all right. Well, that would explain why he was, like, competent at it. Oh, my. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because like, we were actually talking about that afterwards. We were like, okay, this dude has, like, legit stage presence. He's got to, like, have a band or something, right? And we went up and asked him afterwards. So just just to do a little unpaid uh, endorsement here, uh, the name of his band is Get Those Nerds. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that band name. <laughs> So go listen to Get Those Nerds. Uh, and, and I mean, is is that the style of music that they do, or was he doing something? Yes, totally that is different? the style of music they do. That hang on, I actually have their, I actually have their album right here. <laughs> yes, their debut. They actually self-produced a, their own album called Rage Quit. <laughs> oh my god, that that album I, yes. name is okay, incredible. So yeah. Here's the yeah. here's some actual song titles. Uh, One Up, uh, mm-hmm. The Arcade at Eight, oh and Kawaii AF. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, and <laughs> they also have one called B20. Uh, Paresh, if we're talking about uh, heartwarming con stories, I hate to monopolize the conversation too much, but uh, th- this is one I've been, been wanting to share because I actually um, I had my first date uh, with my, my current significant other at a convention. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Get a little bit Wait, actually, before you do this, even though I've heard this story, it's not a con story, you should tell how you met her. Oh, yeah, then, so there's cause... there's a little bit of backstory to that, too. Do you do you want to hear the whole thing? So, Strap yeah. yourselves in, folks. Yes, whole story. <laughs> yes, we're all saps here. Go for it. Uh, so this one actually yeah, goes back a little bit before the convention, because I this was during the summer where, if you guys will remember, the summer where just everyone was playing Pokemon Go. Where it was, just, you know, it was it was the closest thing I think we've we've had to happiness in the past 10 years was the, those first three months where, yeah, we're just everybody. Well, now, I mean, now we have animal crossing, which, you know, has filled that void, but, um, back, back yeah, animal crossing is just indoors. Pokemon go send tweet. Exactly. But, you know, it's that same Skinner box kind of just a uh, uh, false feeling of accomplishment. You know, when you, yeah. when you like, Oh, I, 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 yeah, but at least at least unlike every other game that does that, it's not designed to make you spend real money. Exactly, exactly. That's what makes it good. A- anyway, anyway, so uh, this was this was when Pokemon Go was was huge, and uh, I was I was playing at a local place that was very popular. You know, you you'd see between eighty and a hundred plus people there sometimes just playing the game. The uh, the the wasps that normally inhabited that area hated us, and which made it even better. Because there were all these just these all these just cell phone nerds just just ruining their oh, good I time. I can't believe you managed to intimidate the most in, the most angry insects out there. <laughs> That's right. Get their get their asses, King. Not fine. Anyway, anyway sorry. Uh, so uh, when I was there one night, I just uh, there was this there was this girl there who was who was playing entirely by herself, and I normally you know I would not have approached her, but I I just thought she was she was very cute, so. I attempted to initiate conversation, and instead of falling face first onto a rake like I normally do when when trying to talk to a pretty girl, 
it actually it went, it went really well. You know, we ended up talking for about half an hour, and then she had to leave to go meet somebody, and that was almost that. And I said, I may never run into this person again. You know, I need to do something before she leaves. So I went up to her and I asked, hey, can we be Facebook friends? Because I thought asking for her number would have been too forward, which she told me later would have been. She wouldn't have she wouldn't have responded to me. So asking for her, her Facebook profile information was the right call. Yeah, you passed that charisma check with flying colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, went, I went Paragon all the way, baby. God, Renegade would have lost me. So then, so then how does this relate to the cons now? Uh, I was still playing the game. We, we were friends on Facebook. Uh, she would like my stuff on occasion, and every time she did it, you know, I'd get that little endorphin rush. Be like, the pretty girl liked the picture I posted. Yay! <laughs> so uh, there were a couple times. One time I messaged her and be like, hey, a group of us are going to go play Pokemon Go, and would you like to join us? And she said, no, well, no, I'd like to, but I'm, uh, I'm busy with school, which you know what that usually means. So I did that, I did that twice. Mm -hmm. And she said no both times, which to me, okay, that was my thing. I was like, okay, I've asked her twice. She said no twice. That means, you know, she's just not interested in, in seeing me physically. I need to just let it go. And that was, that was going to be that. I had no plans of ever contacting this person again. That was going to be the end of it. And then right a week before, there was a big convention coming up. It was one of the big, big ones. And I was getting ready for that. And out of nowhere, I got a message from her that said, hey, I'm uh, going to be going to this convention for the first time, but I don't really do this. Uh, I, I, I noticed, you know, you're getting ready for it. You know, would you mind showing me around? And, uh, you know, for her, I said, well, no, for her, I said, <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. oh, sure, I could, I could probably squeeze you in for a little bit. But, you know, in my head, you know, fireworks were going off, alarm signals were going <laughs> off, there, there were fires everywhere. I called, like, three people and canceled on them for for that Saturday, which got me <laughs> I'm picturing you just looking at your phone doing like that Tex Avery wolf thing with your eyes popping out of your head. You're like hitting yourself at the top of the head with a hammer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they were just like it, it just turned into a Katy Perry music video. Fireworks <laughs> coming out of my nipples, and there were explosions in the sky. And I, you know, I was, I was, I was, do, I was doing the the Tootsie Roll. So uh, I completely, yeah, I completely bailed on everybody else to to go hang out with this girl. And uh, when I met her, she actually didn't have a badge; she was just kind of walking around. So I I chose the renegade option this time. I managed to sneak her in stealthily, and she was dressed as a uh, she was dressed as Ezio from Assassin's Creed, so it worked even better. So we ended up, and we ended up going to going through a lot of places that we actually probably weren't supposed to be in, but it was a. It was a really, really, uh, really special day, and you know, I'm, I'm almost four years later. I'm still with her, so obviously, I did something right. So, yeah, I, you, you, you can find love at a convention. It is possible, you know. Meet, meet, meet your so at a con like a normal person. Don't, don't use Tinder. Well, and, and I'm, and I'm sure that's the. I mean, in our friend circle, uh, I'm obviously I'm not going to name names or anything, but there's quite a few people we know that have done exactly that. Have like met each other at a con and hit it off. I mean, it's it seems like a good because it's it's a relaxed, fun atmosphere, and usually you're there because you're into the same scene, or there's going to be a fair uh, amount of overlap between your interests. So I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's sometimes a recipe for disaster with like relationship yeah. con drama and all that, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I've definitely seen success. That actually me, when you when you spoke about people who met through the con scene, like that actually reminded me of another story for me. And actually, I actually think Black Belt was here for this. Were you there for the 
Gundam Room? Yes. Yeah, well, because that was last year. Wasn't that, like, just last year? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, yeah, for this one, I was with two of my friends who met through the con scene. We were cosplaying. um, I was Orga, she was Lofter, and he was Akihiro. We were all from uh, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. So, because these two two friends, they're huge uh, Gundam fans. So, naturally, we had to go. There was a room where everyone was basically building Gundam kits. So we we walk into that room like basically <laughs> literally single file, and as we go in, um, someone someone looks up and they say, and no no they don't say anything they really just gasp. No, someone looked up and said, "Oh my god!" Oh, I remember oh. that. So okay, yeah, someone said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. Then then one person looked up and then went wide eyed, and then it was like a wave of people just looking, just turning to look at us, and then looking all impressed. So me being with my dorky ass just said in my worst Kermit the Frog impression, hello, everyone. (laughs) Yes, it was amazing. (laughs) We felt we felt like royalty. Yeah. Oh, speaking of royalty, while wearing your cosplay, um, Parish, I think we have to talk about the best group cosplay we've ever done. I'm referring to um, a couple years in a row. um, We're wrestling fans and we've um, actually cosplayed Ginger. I was I was hoping I was hoping this is what you were going to bring up. (laughs) Yes. Surprise, surprise, Parish and I are brown dudes. So yeah, a uh, few years in a row, we um, Parish cosplayed as Jinder Mahal, and me and one of my brothers cosplayed as the Singh brothers from WWE. And like every year that we've gone, we've constantly been like sworn by people running to like take pictures with us because that's not a wrestler most people cosplay as. I mean, cosplaying as wrestlers isn't that common anyway. But I mean. If I say so myself, it's a pretty damn good cosplay that we managed to put together. Yeah, that that absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah I've seen pictures of that. And... The hardest part was uh was really just finding a turban, which I literally, my dad literally got that from. Had to go to Trinidad to get that one because we wanted an authentic one. <laughs> you wanted the, the real deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. going the extra mile. Yeah, fucking imported cosplays over here, guys. Yeah, that was great. Did, did you guys? Did you guys tweet that? Out? Yes, we did, and he, he, both he and the Singh brothers liked it. I was gonna say because the Singh brothers, especially, who oh, by yeah. the way, really underrated talents. Oh, they're amazing! Are yeah, I'm so glad they're like actually wrestling now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably, probably not too many people uh, cosplaying them. I'm sure that would they got like a huge kick out of that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we've got to expand this and start the, uh, the, the, the busted limes uh, wrestling uh, night. You know, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so bummed that you guys didn't have me in the wrestling episode. The okay. busted line busted heads. No. There you go. Hey, <laughs> hey. Well, hey, if the AEW episode gets some good traction, who knows? We might do a spinoff. <laughs> wink, wink, Fredo. Hey, man, you let me know anytime, buddy. <laughs> hey, now that we've waxed um, poetic about how great Parish and I do together at cons, it's my turn to make him jealous with stories from the year that he wasn't there. Uh, All right, let's hear fantastic. it. Fantastic. I have three stories here um, that I'm going to tell in order from what will make him the least jealous to the most jealous. Oh, this should be good. I'm, I'm, liking, I'm liking the progression. Yeah. So for context, as um, he said earlier, this was the year that he didn't go because he decided it was more important to study for the bar exam so he could Ooh. get a job and be a productive member of society and all this bullshit. It's called ca- hey, it's God, called yeah. running the capitalism rat race. Get it right. More like crapitalism, folks. Oh, would you look at that? We lost a subscriber for that joke. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So 
this year it was just um me and my brothers there although of course because all of Parish's other friends were there because they are into lame it was kind of funny because mm-hmm. we were going and hanging out with them and they're like hey remember us we're your friends kid cousins want to hang out with us for a little bit totally and um <laughs> yeah but so yeah the first thing we saw was cool is um we were just making the rounds on like the upper level of the building at this con because we wanted to figure out where some of the panels we were going to go to were being held so we weren't like freaking out trying to get there later and as we're walking to one room we walked past a couple that was cosplaying as han solo and princess leia um which you know is cool that's a nice couple cosplays um and then like as we made the rounds and came back around we saw a huge like crowd gathering and applauding and we ran up just in time to see han solo propose to princess leia right on the con oh nice that's yeah. really sweet and i did get yeah, pictures that's... of it it was really sweet cos- cosplay sweet proposal everybody was cheering him on Wow, couple nice. goals right there. Yeah. Love to see, honestly. Yeah, oh, really. Yeah. Nice yeah. segue from you guys talking about, you know, meeting people through cons. Yeah, that, that's really adorable. That's cool that you got to be there. And I'm sure they appreciated uh, taking the pics and stuff. Yeah. And, and it was great because everybody around was like applauding and cheering them on. I'm sure that was a great moment for them. It's good that you out, though, I've heard more stories about those where, where someone has done that at a public event and the, the other person uh, w- wasn't ready for that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> She, uh, Leia seemed ready in this case. It, it seemed like it went over well. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the other story, um, so this one I think was one of my favorite stories. So Parish, you'll actually have to help me tell the story even though you weren't there. There's this one character <laughs> that Parish cosplays all the time. It's a super fucking obscure oh, Parish. Uh, one. So Kin- Kintaro, captain. Yeah, Kintaro Oe from Golden Boy. Oh, God, that oh, rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, we're, I'm at the con, I'm just walking around the gaming hall, because my brothers have gone off to have fun without me, as they want to do, and I'm just kind of looking around, uh, enjoying myself, and, um, I see these two girls walk by, and one of them is dressed as Kentaro, and I immediately recognize it, and I'm like, wow, what are the odds of that? And, like, I run over to this girl, and I'm like, hey, can I get a picture of you, my cousin dresses as this character all the time, and you're the first person other than him that I've seen cosplay this character, and, like, she was super surprised, because she'd never seen anybody else cosplay that character before. So, of course, we talked a little bit about that, I took the picture, and I sent it to Parish, and I was like, dude, somebody cosplayed your dude! And he responded, like, totally excited and freaked out. (laughs) Yeah, that's wild that, like, the one t- you run into someone right. else that's cosplaying that character, and it's the one time he's not there. Exactly. Well, well that's <laughs> fine, because I, at the first time I ever cosplayed that character, I actually ran into another cosplayer, so it, it works out. I, yeah. I still say, though, Grace, you should get on Craigslist and put up a Missed Connections and uh, see if you can <laughs> yeah, other oh Other Kintaro. <laughs> I don't uh, think it counts as a Missed Connection if you literally missed the connection. <laughs> Well, fair, fair enough. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I want to do, I want to do uh, the speaking of which, I want to do a Kentaro cosplay, but I want to do uh, the version where he's just struggling to swim in the pool. Yeah. So, last but not least, the story that I know he was going, he was expecting me to tell, the one that will make him the most jealous. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's good that I'm bringing this story up now, since we had a little discussion earlier about nerd culture becoming more mainstream. Um, one of the guests was um. WWE superstar and uh, chief mainstream representative of nerd culture, Xavier Woods. Oh, hell yeah. And he is all over the con scene. Yeah, he really is. You don't have to explain, briefly explain him to me because I have been out of the wrestling game for a minute. 
Yeah, so um, Xavier Woods, he's a member of the WWE tag team, The New Day, um, who have won a shit ton of tag titles, very successful. Dressed like the Saiyans? Yeah, so they became, went, went viral one year at WrestleMania 32 because their entrance gear, they dressed as the Saiyans from Dragon Ball Z. And they were constantly doing, like, nerd stuff in their um, outfits and ring gear and stuff. And, um... Yeah, and they've really been known for like making that a part of their um outfits. Um, but Xavier Woods also um one thing that he's gained a lot of um popularity for is his gaming channel on YouTube, Up Up Down Down, where he and other WWE wrestlers all play video games together. And so he's gotten a lot of popularity both in and out of WWE for that. And so he actually did two panels at um the convention that year. Um, one was just like a general wrestling panel and the other one was specifically for up up down down but um so a few stories um really cool from what happened there were that um one when we went to um also for for context me and my brothers dressed as the new day for this um convention because we knew we were going to get to see yes. him yeah so we went to his um wrestling panel q a panel which is really cool because you know he was pretty open about his answers including what my highlight of that weekend was where he just straight up roasted hulk hogan in one of his answers. For anyone unfamiliar, um, Xavier Woods and all of the New Day are um, African-American men, and um, for anyone who doesn't know, Hulk Hogan um, dropped the hard R a few times. Gee, yeah. I don't know about that, brother. And so, yeah, so that was great. And, like, he's done it a few other times, too. Like, every time Xavier Woods roasts um, Hulk Hogan, like, ten years gets added to my lifespan. It's great. Yeah. But um, one really funny thing is, so, after that panel, we all just went to the gaming hall, because that's where was that's, like, the loading screen of conventions for us, is just we hang out there until there's something else to go to. But literally, when we got there, Xavier Woods was just walking around the gaming hall, just playing video games and talking to people. So we were able to run up and go get a selfie with him, because he was, like, totally just taking pictures with and talking to people, being super casual. And that was cool for me, because, like, I'm sure he absolutely doesn't remember this, but I got to, like, tell him that the New Day was the reason I got back into wrestling. So that just meant a lot to me that I got to tell him that. That was really cool. I bet you, I bet you he remembers yeah, it. Yeah, no. That was cool because then later on he has up, up, down, down panel and they put him in like a big like, you know, like one of those auditorium areas they have in some convention centers. But like only like the first two rows were full of people. So like he just sat like on the edge of the stage with his mic and they had everybody gather around in the front two rows. And it wasn't even really a panel. Like he just had a conversation with us. Like we were just shooting the shit with him for an hour. Yeah, that rules. He, he seems like a super cool so guy. So down to earth and cool about everything. Yeah. And of course, we sent that... um selfie to Prish afterwards and like I could hear him screaming from downtown. <laughs> of course. Yes. I, I like the last three stories because not only are they 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 very, very heartfelt, uh, heartwarming stories, but uh, they all made Parish upset. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's the best part of yeah. the stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well I'll I'll throw it back to him, like as a signal of a good favor, and in the hopes that he won't cancel his podcast out of spite, I'll let him tell a couple more stories. Last Just episode, of the pod- I'm trying to rack up last podcast episode, uh, Lime podcast with just just Parish shit talking black belt for an hour and a half <laughs> once a week. That's the rest of the podcast. All right, so I actually have two more stories, and then we could just wrap it up because I realize we're going on here. But um, okay, so the first one, the first one, black belt was here for the second one, black belt wasn't. So the first one, Black Belt, you remember that bullshit Pokemon Jeopardy panel that we went to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Well, like, some of the questions were like, what symbol was on the door in this episode? Like, nobody fucking knows. Are you going to ask me, like, what level does Charmeleon evolve? Because you didn't have me there, Parish. If you had, trust me, I, I've, I've done uh, Pokemon trivia before, and I, I, 
you know, while while the rest of you nerds were going on dates in high school, you know, I was studying the blade. So uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. But with yeah, your story. The, the, it's really a kind of a short one. But the, I remember to this day the question that really almost made us walk out of the panel because of how bullshit it was was yeah, Black Belt had it semi right. It was a uh, in this particular episode, what unusual object is hanging on the wall while Charmander is burning down the mansion? Wow, that is uh, what was, was the unusual object? I don't know. This it was uh, yeah. apparently it was I'm a sure. moose head, a mounted moose head. Yeah, huh. What was my answer? That was close. You you remember more things that I say than I remember. Well, what did you what did uh, you guess? I don't remember, I don't remember either. You... Actually, wow. Then why did you get my hopes up by saying that I got it partially correct? No, you, because you said yeah, it was what symbol was on the door. That it was really a moose oh, head on the yeah. wall. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. So I got like the adjective right. In my answer. Extremely insider questions. I thought I had a, a deep obsessive level when it when it comes to Pokemon, but I, I guess that's more the games than the anime, because I, I I don't remember a moose head at all in any of the episodes. Well yeah, because it was in the background of one scene for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, I do remember I remember uh, in one of the earlier episodes you saw a Pidgeotto eating just a straight up regular worm, not a another Pokemon just Oh a yeah, worm. there are a lot of episodes in the original anime where they just show like straight up regular animals. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of obviously gone out of favor now. But I guess that was one of those scenarios back in the early days. But yeah, yeah, so, one 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 scene in the background for for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and now for the final story for today. Um, so this was actually at a convention that Black Belt came with me to, but he wasn't at this particular panel. It was for because I follow the Toonami crew on Twitter. So when I found out that they were hosting a, a panel for the two new seasons of Fully Cooly. I mean, of course, I'm gonna jump on that shit. So we go there. We go, I go to the panel and we we do a short Q and A, and they basically explain what like what the sh- what the show is and how it came. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at the idea of someone trying to explain fully coolly, even to an audience of people that already like know what it what? is. It's just about puberty. <laughs> yeah, it's like a wacky uh, for people that don't know it. It's like a really wacky, uh, you know, out there show. Great show. So then, what happened? Um, at the end, after they played like a video interview of, with the Pillows, which is the band who provides the soundtrack for the show, when it just when it seemed like the cast was about to wrap up, one of them comes back out on stage and says, "Okay, so I should have mentioned this earlier, but the names of the two series are Fully Coolly Progressive and Fully Coolly Alternative." So the guy just comes back out on stage and says, "Hey, how would you guys like to see the first episode of Fully Coolly Progressive before anyone else?" Nice. So you guys got to have like a sneak preview. No, no, not even sneak preview. They showed the whole first episode of the of Fully Coolly Progressive there in the in the panel hall. Oh, dope. Yep. Yeah, and it's, and it's great because they got out of the panel and I was like tapping my foot impatiently in the gaming hall. I was like, what the fuck took you guys so long? And they're like, we just saw the first episode of FLCL for free. And I was like, what? <laughs> got his ass absolutely destroyed. <laughs> Never recovered. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. Well, folks, <laughs> yep. um, yeah, we've been running extremely long. Don't worry, we're going to edit out like 90% of the shit you guys said anyway, so it's well, okay. I understand that. Folks, listen, I'm going to say it for the third or fourth, listen to Clout Grifters. Subscribe, listen, etc. Um, your favorite <laughs> yeah. leftist podcast. Uh, I, I am here promoting nothing except peace, happiness, and harmony in the universe, but I, I would also say listen to, to Clout Grifters. <laughs> well, well I, like, like I said, my, my plan is to, to secretly infiltrate uh, the, cl- the Cloud Grifters podcast, and this is just step one. Uh, I'm still waiting for the uh, the Unknown Rivers uh, uh, merchandise to appear 
on yeah, the I gotta talk, I gotta talk to them about uh, getting uh, getting that T-shirt with your face on it in Griff Shop. I'm also waiting for the the Death to Rivers uh, uh, T-shirt to show up in the Busted Limes. Uh, uh, yeah, Rivers is so going to have merch before me or Parade. You, bet, you guys need to put out a, a t-shirt that just says, like, banned guests, and it just says Fredo and Rivers on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, if, 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 you, if that becomes a reality, if you guys actually make that, I will Hell buy yes. one, and I will Hell yes every convention I go to. Well, uh, thanks for having uh, us on, Parade. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. Delighted to be on. How do you guys close yeah. it out? GN? GN. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Hello, everybody. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Yay. <sighs> well, that was a monster to edit, but nonetheless, big thanks to Unknown Rivers for joining us once again, and big shout-out to Fredo from the Clock Rifters podcast, which is now available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And who knows? Listen to, Give a listen to Clock Grifters. You may hear me on there one day. Notice me, Babs. <laughs>